Hey. Sweet. How's it going? I'm Justine. I'm Gray. And this is Unknowable, the podcast where we talk about all things mysterious, unusual, or unknowable. This is our place to talk about all weird things that we are into anyways and talk about all the time. And now we're going to share it with you. It's going to be ghosts and unsolved murders. Cryptids. Cryptids, missing persons. Conspiracy theories. Aliens. All of that. Demons. Any of that. Any of that. It's going to be awesome. And this week... Mothman. Mothman. Talking about the Mothman. It's probably our most talked about thing. By far. By far. We annoy most people in our lives (laughs) talking about Mothman anyways. Uh, So we thought, why not start off talking about Mothman? Right. The thing that's really interesting about Mothman is it's not easily put... He is not easily put in a box. Yeah. It's not just a cryptid. He's not just like an alien. There's UFOs. There's men in black. There's yeah. weird paranormal things. There's premonitions. There's mind reading. There's yep. It's got everything. It's got it's, everything. It's not just in this little box. Right. Is he it's... something like Bigfoot where he's an unknown? Interdimensional being. Exactly. Yeah. Is he some yeah unknown species of animal? Right. Some mutated is bird. Is he a UFO? Right. Or, wow, an alien? <laughs> is he a UFO? An alien from a UFO. That's like that Mulder meme where he's yeah. looking at the cat and asks, are you, are a, you UFO? a UFO? Yeah. Is he a UFO? We just he... saw that episode the other day. Did you really? Yeah. That's a good episode. Small world. Yeah. Well, you guys are still really early on in X-Files. I know. Wow. Yeah. No, he, he has everything. He is everything. I actually have a note in here that I wasn't sure whether to call it it or he, so I'm glad right. that you just went for it. I thought it was presumptuous to call him Mothman. Right. He could, it, they, they are, if they're an interdimensional being, right. I highly doubt that there's the concept of gender where they True. come from, or maybe there is, and it's just not one of the two genders that, I mean, who knows? Mothman's so beyond that. It's, yeah. Mo- Mothman is beyond that. Yeah. So I, we're, we're going to continue to call him Mothman, I'm sure, and refer to him as a him. Sure. But we're going to, Mr. Mothman. Mr. Mothman. Sir. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That makes you uncomfortable. Weird. <laughs> so weird. So yeah. let's talk about what Mothman looks like. Okay. Should we j- jump in with that? I think so. Okay. You can so, picture it in your head. You can picture it in your head. Okay. So Mothman is said to stand on two feet. Yep. He's bipedal. Right. He generally, people talk about him having wings. Yep. Obviously. It's actually kind of funny because he doesn't really resemble a moth all that much. No. That was just a name that came from a newspaper, I think, somewhere along the line. Yeah. But he doesn't really look like a moth. No. Not I at guess all. maybe in the sense that generally people talk about him not having a head. Right. His yeah. eyes are just kind of on his chest, if you will. This one there's this one person who saw something back in 1915 and he described it as a, a, a headless angel oh, with wings. That's not cool. No, which is super weird. So imagine like a dude with no head, so just like sort of like the rounded shoulders, yeah. and then like two big glowing red eyes, like where like the like the pecs would be, <laughs> That's really like a, with with big like big wings. Yeah, big wings. Yeah, he's said to have owl-like traits, which again is mostly I think due to the the appearance of no head. Right. <clears throat> if you see a right. silhouette of an owl, it doesn't look like they have a head. Right. He which yeah is is not at all. There, there's a statue in Point Pleasant of the Mothman. Yeah. And 
looks nothing like no. what people describe seeing because he's got all. this like very like he's got like a beak and like a very defined head yeah. and like he has like the glowing red eyes and the wings but like there's just not supposed to be a head it's just right. supposed to be like this weird kind of like rounded yeah. hump at the top of his body yeah with like the big eyes so it's it's weird no. that they chose that to be the statue yeah he was sensationalized in, in an incorrect way yeah which is sad i would still like to see that statue though oh yeah in real life but make a pilgrimage to point pleasant west yeah. virginia yeah that'd be awesome yeah could do that it's a road trip yeah why not? Be amazing yeah he's reported to be about seven feet tall so Jesus. kind of terrifyingly tall yes at least for what he is right imagine that flying through the air right with glowing red eyes with a wingspan of about 10 to 15 feet or more Jesus. there was one sighting somewhere where they described it as having wings the size of a buick oh so that's horrifying <laughs> it's horrible yeah um plus the ability to fly up to 100 miles per hour yeah Right. So oh, there's yeah, been that person was being yeah. chased. And yeah, chased in their car. That's insane. Racing away from him, and supposedly he stayed right yeah. up with the car. But he can still take off vertically, like, right? Very like gracefully, like a um, like a helicopter. Like a helicopter. Yeah. And but he was when he like walks, he's very like awkward and lumbering. Yeah. Like he doesn't quite know what he's doing, but once he gets into the air, he like knows what he's doing. Yeah. One of the things that I read said described him as shuffling like a penguin. Yeah, like a penguin. Which I Wait. did think. I think I made a note of that in here because I was like, that makes him sound kind of, kind of sad. Yeah. And not well, very scary. That's the thing about Mothman, okay? So, like, if you take all of, like, the characteristics of him and you describe him, he sounds like a terrifying creature. Yeah. But by and large, when people describe him, they're not... Like, they're terrified by seeing the seven-foot creature flying at them with red yeah. eyes. Yeah, But, like, the interaction that they describe isn't, like, he's trying to hurt them. Right. People describe him as, like, trying to communicate. Yeah. Like, he's just trying to, like, communicate something with them and, like, may not have the, the capacity of language or, like, the ability to, like communicate with us the way that we're used to so we find it frightening but he's just yeah. like trying to say something to us right which we're going to get into more about what he might be trying to communicate what he may be trying to communicate which is not anything good but no. maybe not anything he's causing right so he's maybe could just be trying is. to help us out or he could be maybe he or... just wants us to know that he's he's the one who's going to be doing <laughs> yeah. the doing the shit he just wants some credit right he's like this terrible thing's going to happen and it was me it was me <laughs> just so you know so yeah it's it's interesting that he doesn't really seem to be doing it. He's never, as far as I know, proven to har have harmed anybody. Right. There's never been like an instance where somebody's been attacked by him. Right. Well, despite that, the fact that he could. There's that dog. That the dog missing. Yeah, there was the dog. Which is super sad. It's really sad. But, but it, there is a potential that he didn't actually do anything to the dog. The dog right. could have been lost in the woods. And that's true. Maybe Mothman just needs to eat. Right, and that's the thing too. Like maybe he's like. like if he is some sort of weird cryptid and yeah. not this inter interdimensional being, he's going to need to eat. Yeah. He's going to need to like eat something. And what is this giant seven foot creature going to need to eat? It's probably yeah. going to be a carnivore and it's probably going to be dogs or yeah. deer. Or Thankfully, just whatever. not humans. Yeah. Because that's the thing. He's had the opportunity from the encounters that people have had. Right. It seems like he's had a chance to kill people before. Right. But he hasn't. No. Hasn't even attacked anybody. Hasn't hurt anybody. So... Maybe he's just, yeah, he's trying to warn people. I mean, I always wonder with some interdimensional beings or anything like that, like even if it is just this bizarre species, like people kind of think of Big Bigfoot, although Bigfoot has some interdimensional qualities potentially too, potentially. but the idea that it's maybe a species that just doesn't really exist in large numbers, like you have to wonder how much like maybe they're kind of lost right? and like bumbling around and just like, right. what the heck? Why, like what is this like new, like 
technology and like who knows yeah. how long like if mothman or moth people are a species like yeah. who knows how long like, like like their lifespan is right so like what if they've been around for like 200 years because yeah. we're going to get into some like uh sightings that may or may not be a moth person right from like the 1800s and like even earlier yeah so what if they had it's been the same one and they've witnessed all of this like like the technological revolution and they're just confused and their habitats yeah. being encroached on and you know, they're just like lost and confused and angry and right. we're interpreting that as them being like hostile or whatever, but yeah. they're just lost. Right. I mean, there's he's, always like a sad quality to yeah. man. He's it's described as scary. doing a lot of shrieking, right. well, screeching. I mean, that could just be, he's right. just freaked out. I mean, uh, they generally talk about with animals in general, like that most of the time that they will show any kind of hostility is just that they are, yeah, they're feeling territorial right. or scared or threatened. Right. So maybe... He has shrieked at people because yeah, I don't know. Like a dog barked, uh, a dog backed into a corner barking at somebody. Yeah, maybe he's just losing his shit. Yeah, and he just doesn't know what to do. So, you anybody listening to this, if you don't really know much about Mothman, you may have heard of Mothman from the Mothman prophecies. Yes, the movie starring Richard Gere. Yep, two thousand two. Two thousand two. Yep, it's kind of bullshit. Yeah, It's, it's it's based on a book. By yep. a man named John Keel. It's called The Mothman Prophecies. Yep. Is the book by John Keel. So yep. the movie is loosely based on this book. So John Keel was a famous ufologist or ufologist who Whoa. went to Point Pleasant during the Mothman flap, flap. Who was investigating Mothman, did a bunch of firsthand interviews, and wrote sort of the definitive book on Mothman. Mm. Um very factual. It's um, actually in the nonfiction section if you go to buy it. Really? So the movie's based on that, but there's a heavy amount of um, artistic license taken yeah. by the director. Disappointing. It's very disappointing. I don't remember too many details. I just remember being angry when I watched it. Yeah. Because I've been into Mothman for a long time. Right. I knew enough about it to know when there were things that were just so wrong. Right. For no reason. For no reason at all. Strange just, factual changes that just yeah. didn't contribute anything to like drama or anything. It no. just just artistic embellishment. Yeah. Unnecessary. So not a fan, but maybe you've seen it if you like Richard Gere. Or mm. who knows. It's definitely worth a watch. It's it's a good like Halloween movie. Yeah. Because it's super creepy and unsettling. Yeah, it's really creepy. I did I liked that about it, but I yeah, I was bummed. That they're just like, why? Just make it accurate. Right. Just tell me the things that I know. Especially like Mothman. It's such like an, a niche like topic that yeah. people who know it know it well. So right. why would you change very sort of minor details about it just yeah. to irritate the people who are going to be like your core audience, I feel like. Exactly. I was really excited to watch it. Yeah. And a friend of mine like gave me a copy of it and he was like, oh, you're going to love this. And then... Like, now I'm just like, why? Why did you do this to me? Right. Why did you give me this? You ruined the moth, man. You ruined it. So, we could talk about some sightings. Let's dive in. There's been sightings. So, again, if you saw that movie, and if you have done some casual looking into Mothman, you probably, maybe, maybe you don't, I don't know, maybe you don't know that much, but you might link him with Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Yeah. Which is where the, as you said, the biggest flap, which is, I don't know if you meant to do that oh no that's a real thing okay yeah. no i know but like yeah. you know he's got wings Flip. oh right i yeah. didn't even get the pun wow yeah. did not get the pun i was like Shit. wow he's just like glossing right over it yeah, yeah. flap no it was intended. just so natural for you well it's like that they use that for ufo sightings or right. any any cluster of sightings that happen they refer to it as a flap it's a flap 
Mothman. You are a pretty in. a pretty punny guy, so yeah, that's true. Man, I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Point Pleasant is the the place that he kind of hung out for the longest. It yeah. seems maybe. I mean, yeah, there were sightings there for over a year. Yep. And yeah, let's should we jump into when that started? Yeah. All right. The first sighting is super creepy. Super creepy. Okay. He, he's very drawn to death. He's drawn to death. Yeah, there were five men. So this was November 12th, 1966. Okay. There were five dudes digging a grave at a cemetery in a town called Clendenin. Clendenin? I don't know. I don't know. Close in West Virginia. It's about 75 miles southeast of Point Pleasant. Oh, interesting. They claim to see a man-like figure. One of them described it as a brown human being, which hmm. wasn't really okay with that. But, right. you know, fly low from the trees over their heads. So this is kind of known as being the first first known sighting in Point Pleasant. Right. Or near apparently. Point Pleasant. Or near Point Pleasant. Right. Yeah. He was just kind of around the area. Right. Which it's super weird that, you know, five dudes digging a grave. That's a very like unsettling site. You're already doing something that's yeah. kind of an intense thing to be doing, digging a grave. Yeah. And then you see this weird giant like human being thing yeah. flying overhead. Flying overhead. Yeah. And I think this one has some... As I mean, really, to me, most of them have some credibility, but this is a group of five guys. This right. wasn't one dude right. who's maybe like tired at the end of his shift and like seeing things. Like right. five guys, right? Who all agreed on the what they thing. saw, it's or wild. maybe didn't agree on what they saw, but they agreed about the details right. of what the heck. So that's one of the things. Is like this is pre Mothman hysteria. Like, mm. like nowadays, if somebody saw anything remotely similar to that, it would immediately be labeled as Mothman. Yeah. But this is before any of that. So these dudes saw something flying in the air, human-like with wings. Yeah. So they're not part of any sort of, like, mass hysteria. Mm. They're not trying to, like, you know, win, like, any sort of, like, like attention or anything. They're not going right. to financially profit off this. Yeah. So, like, they have no motive to report this other than that they actually saw something. Right. So they definitely saw something. Yeah. What it was, like, is up for debate. Yeah, up for crazy debate. Yeah. But, yeah, it just seemed, yeah, that was the first, I mean, really the only place that there was any hysteria was Point Pleasant, really. Right. But, yeah, this was the first, first known sighting. Right. So, yeah, it was two, two couples. Yeah. From Point Pleasant, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallet. Yes, the Scarberry one. Yep. They were just hanging out at at the area in Point Pleasant that kind of was referred to as like the Lover's Lane area. Okay. It's kind of unclear what they were doing there. Two couples together in a car, but I just mean, hanging out. You got to do what you got to do. Having a good when time. A, and when you're living in a small town. Yeah, living in a small town in the late 60s. Um... Yeah, they saw a, a large cre gray creature whose eyes, quote, glowed red when the car's headlights picked them up. So they were in the car. Right. Thankfully, they weren't out and about. But they described it as a a large flying man with 10-foot wings. Jesus. So they were driving in an area of town. So we'll go into this a little bit more later, but it was the part of town known as the TNT area. Yes. So near this old TNT, like World War II munitions Storage, storage facility yeah so Which, it's all these cre if you if you go online and you google right now oh, west yeah. point pleasant tnt area you'll see some really like unsettling photos of yeah. kind of like a like a, a triangle set into like a, a hill like mm. a mounded hill um where they stored tnt bombs whatever sort of you know dangerous explosive materials that they had during world war ii yeah and 
is it continuing? Is it still being stored in there? Or is there just like residue left over? I think so. I think what I had read about it is that, yeah, it's made up of several hundred acres of woods and large concrete domes. Um, which I think in one other thing they describe them as igloos. Igloos, yeah. Which for some reason is creepy. That it should is. be a nice, nice word. Right. But no, it's just creepy. Well, when you see the photos, you understand why it's creepy. Yeah, because it's, it's super creepy. Like the most horrifying igloo you've ever seen. Exactly. There's a network of tunnels honeycombed throughout the area, um, which could, you know, if people talk about this Mothman coming from that area, it makes mm -hmm. sense that maybe he's not seen all the time because he's chilling in those tunnels. Right. That could be um, his home. They, yeah. I heard it described as that was his home, was yeah. the TNT area. The TNT area. Where he was sighted a lot and where he like came from or returned to after the sighting. Yeah. It's super creepy. Right. And we'll go into one of the theories about Mothman and why that kind of ties in right. later. But that, yeah, the area is also comprised of the McClintic Wildlife Station, yep. which is super heavily forested. This is like a preserve. There's ponds and ridges and hills and all kinds yep. of, you know. It, Again, is a, it is a wild bird sanctuary as well. Yeah, a wild bird sanctuary. A lot of it is inaccessible, at least, you know, to the average person, unless you're going in there for a reason, but you right. can't just go hang out in there. Um, in 1979, fishermen in the TNT area reported that chemicals had been left to seep into the ponds. Interesting. Not a good thing. And then it was labeled as an environmental disaster. Yep. And by 1983, the TNT area was among the country's most polluted sites. It's wild. See, so, so you have a <laughs> wild bird sanctuary next to a yeah. heavy source of pollution. Yeah. So there could be some explanations for what's happening there. Right. We'll get more into that later, but yep. just put a little bookmark in that in your book. A <laughs> little bookmark. So yeah, they're hanging out by the TNT area, yep. which again, there, there apparently was an area near here or next to that area that was this lover's lane. Right. Um... And yeah, they, they said they saw him shaped like a man, but bigger, maybe six or seven feet tall. And it had big wings folded against its back. And one of the women said, which I don't know why I think this is so creepy. You could see muscles in its legs. Yeah. Ugh, I don't yeah. like that. No. <laughs> I don't like that at all. It's a very, that's a weird, that's a, what, like a weird detail to point out. Yeah. Too, but like. I hadn't thought of him as being like ripped before. <laughs> but He's like a ripped ugh. bird man with so, no head. With no head. Giant wings, seven ugh. feet tall. Yeah, they saw him move towards the TNT plant door, and that's when they sped away. Um, they saw him on a hillside near the road a few minutes later. They saw him spread its wings and rise into the air. <clears throat> like a helicopter. And then, like a helicopter. And then it was traveling along with their car, which at that point was going over 100 miles per hour because right. they were scared as hell. So he's capable of hovering over a 100 mile an hour car and keeping pace with it very easily. Yeah. Yeah. Which maybe speaks to the whole being like super muscular because that would be like a really intense thing to An do thing. for a bird. Yeah. How do you, I just don't. Yeah. Do birds like routinely, are they able to go hundred miles an hour? Is I that like think an so. easy thing? I feel would like he, that's would a thing he just I should like have researched. glide or would he like. Right. I don't know. It's well, they said, I mean, unsettling. they don't often, people don't often describe him as even like flapping his wings right. all that much, which kind of lends a little bit to him maybe not being an animal, right. at least that we know of, because. You'd need to be flapping, I would think, quite a bit to like. Especially be doing if he's that. like a seven foot muscular creature, like he'd right. be pretty heavy, you know, a couple yeah. hundred pounds. He's a hugely tall, ripped dude. Right. Flying through the air. Right. So he would need to like continuously be flapping his wings to just stay afloat. Yeah. Unless there's some kind of weird, like, like interdimensional yeah. science going on there or something. Some, I don't know. Some shit we can't explain. Right. Something unknowable. Something unknowable that we cannot explain. Oh, I just thought of a really good theory that I'll talk about later. Okay. That is the most ridiculous theory I've ever heard. I hope I remember it now. Okay. But so, yeah, so they sped the hell out of there. They went straight. I guess they said that he stayed with them until they 
got to the city limits before he just kind of veered off into the fields. And they went straight to the police department. Right. Like, again, this was not people who, and I don't even think, I doubt that even that the first group at the cemetery's sighting was even known. That right. as far as I know, that nothing was in the newspaper at that point. They wouldn't have made an article about that, about one, te- technically one sighting. Right. So it's not even like this group of couples even knew. Right. That anything had been seen already. And again, this is four people four who were people. all agreeing on something that they saw. Yeah. They all had very similar descriptions. Um, Linda Scarberry had said later that she wished that she had never seen it. She apparently had like some kind of nervous breakdown later on, like was hospitalized yep. at some point because she was losing her damn mind. Yeah. So yeah, this was not people that knew anything about Mothman existing. I mean, right. this wasn't really a thing that was being talked about. So right. they just, but they went right to the police department. Right. And this was somebody that according to the police, you know, were people that were trusted in the community. These were not people that were, I don't even know what makes somebody prone to making right. that up. But whenever I hear that, particularly in this, from this time period, I feel like it's always yeah. police are like, oh, they're, they're good kids. Like right. was, what? Probably because they were just like, yeah. you know, like jocks or whatever. Like, right. Just normal, you know, whatever. Going, like, like they all have like a car and they're going to like lover's lane. So they're probably like the popular yeah. kids in high school. Like, I do picture they, them that way. I picture like the dudes having their varsity, their varsity jackets. jackets yeah. yeah. And the girls are wearing them. Cause it's like a little chilly that yep. night. That's exactly. like how I've always envisioned that for some reason. Slicked back hair, like, like greasers kind of. Yeah. Yep. And then they're just like scared shitless. The, the, um, when they brought, when they went to the uh, police department mm. and they reported it, they split the four people up into different rooms and interrogated each of them independently. Yeah. And they all told the same story with the same details. Yeah. And the police officer commented that like there was like real terror in their voices while they were describing this. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't some like prank. It wasn't anything that was like at all like lighthearted. They were like right. seriously scared and like terrified by this experience. Yeah. Which I would be too. Right. Like that would just be awful. So yeah, that was that was that same day. This is yeah, just a few days after the gentleman in the cemetery, three days later. Um, but that same night that those couples saw Mothman, there was Newell Partridge, who was a local building contractor, lived in Salem, which again, about 115 miles northeast of Point Pleasant. Okay. Um, he's at home, hanging out, watching TV. Screen suddenly goes dark right. on the TV. Um, he said a weird pattern filled the screen, and then he heard these loud whining sounds from outside that raised in pitch and then stopped. And that's when the TV went out. So hmm. he said it sounded like a generator winding up. So he is kind of like, what the hell? Right. He hears his dog, Bandit, out on the porch. Big German Shepherd. Big German Shepherd, starting to howl. So he goes outside to check out what's what it, Bandit's looking at. Um, the dog is facing the hay barn, which is about 150 yards from the house. So Newell shines his flashlight and sees two red circles that looked like eyes or, quote, bicycle reflectors. Bicycle reflectors, which is which, super weird. Yeah, which so, is often how his eyes are described. Right, where, like, they're not, it's not like it's generating, like, the glowing red eyes aren't generating their own light. Yeah. They're, like, reflecting light. Exactly. Which, you know, could be, like, like the red eye effect when you take a picture, mm-hmm. or, like, like the reflection of a light source on, like, like a, an animal's, like, night vision part of their eyes or whatever. Mm. So it kind of lends credence to the fact that it could be some strange cryptid or, like, something yeah. of this world because right. it has, like, eyes that behave like other animals' eyes that are real animals. Yeah. So Which I is... thought that was an interesting detail. Yeah. 
bicycle reflector right. aspect of it. And that has like bicycle reflectors has been a phrase that was used in like multiple different sightings. Right. Not even just in Point Pleasant, like not that people read it and they repeated it like, oh yeah, that is how it looked. But like people independently were like, yeah. looked like big bicycle reflectors, which is still freaky. Oh yeah. Because also because people have also used that because they said that was the, a similar size to the eyeball. So when you think about like something's eyes being as big Ugh. as bicycle reflectors, yeah. like just speaks to how like, cool. big they are. Like if you hold yeah. a bicycle reflector up to your eye, it's like yeah. half your face. Yeah. It's wild. It's not cool. No. So he saw these creepy bicycle reflectors. Um, he said the, the moving red orbs were certainly not animals eyes. He believed. And the thing that I read said that he was very experienced, like with animals in general, like he did a lot of hunting and things like that. So he was just, I don't know, maybe a little bit more knowledge of animals than the average person. Right. Um, Living in the woods in West Virginia. Right. And so he, yeah, he was scared, obviously. Um, Bandit, this poor dog, just takes off like a shot across the yard in pursuit of whatever they had just seen. Right. Which, again, like there was something. Um, And I guess Newell Partridge went inside for his gun, but then he was too scared to go back outside, which... Made me a little mad when I read it. I know. I was like, dude, your dog just, just leave ran your dog. Off. I would not. Yeah. I would not have like, let my dog go. Not out even there. like I saw something weird. My dog is tied up. I'm just gonna. He'll be fine. But like yeah. your dog just took off somewhere, and Into then you're the just woods. like, you know what? I'm gonna stay inside yeah. with my gun. I'm too scared. But my dog. He's my dog. It. Yeah. Not cool. Not Sucks. cool, man. It says he was an experienced hunting dog, but still. 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 The dog was never seen again. Yeah. Not okay, Newell. No. Yeah. Yeah. He slept with his gun next to his bed, and then Bandit was gone. He, the dog was still missing two days later when Partridge read about the sightings in the newspaper, which again, he hadn't, he did, couldn't have known those couples saw right. the same thing that night because right. at this that point, was, like at that point he was probably, they were probably at the police station right. talking to the police and then Mothman's over here a hundred plus miles away right. from where he had just been. Well, if he can fly a hundred miles an hour, it just yeah, takes like, an hour. Fine. He's good. So yeah. And actually, um, interestingly enough, one of the couples, Roger Scarberry, said that as they entered the city limits of Point Pleasant, they had seen the body of a large dog lying on the side of the road. Oh, oh yes. When they were coming back, I think, from the police station. Oh. Because they, yeah, they left Point Pleasant and then went to the police, talked about it, and then they were coming back and right. they saw the dog. And I guess they even said that they, like, the next day went back to go find the dog because they, like, remembered. I mean, they were still freaked out that night, so they went back right. and the body was gone. Right. So, so if Mothman did kill this dog, yeah. it's either self-defense, like maybe the dog caught up to him right. or something, or he needed to feed. Yeah. And, you know, a dog is a convenient source of food, I guess. Right. I don't know. Yeah. It does seem like it wasn't... It's like the only death wasn't that I fun. can think of that was attributed to Mothman. Right. Exactly. Like, it, it, like directly attributed to where he was the, you know, the one that killed yeah. something. Yeah. Likely to be the one. Right. But yeah, I mean, he could have could have gone and killed Newell. Again, if he can fly that right. fast, if he's this seven foot tall creature, I mean, he could have busted in that door right. if he was just killing for fun. Oh yeah. But yeah, it seems like either that dog got him or he was just like, cool. Convenient source of food. <laughs> Here's a meal. This is great. Because who knows what Mothman's eating out there? I don't know. Poor dog. I don't know what he's up to. Right. So yeah, Point Pleasant, man. There were, so do you want to talk about maybe some of the the other odd sightings in Point Pleasant that were not Mothman, but that were happening at the same time? Ah, yes. So, as I was saying, there is a lot of complexity with the Mothman sightings. It's not just, like, this cryptid Mothman flying around that people see. Yeah. At this time in uh, um, Point Pleasant, 
there was a ton of UFO sightings as well. Yep. Like in 1967, there were yellow, green, orange, and white lights that were seen in the uh, air in conjunction with these like dark black triangles mm. that were flying around very low, um, slow moving with like a single beam coming off of the triangle that Ooh. was almost like it was searching like for it something. Was searching for something. So oh. that's a weird little aspect of it. That's creepy as hell. Um, I have a theory that ties that into it eventually, but eventually. we'll get there. We're going to um, get there. So I think maybe one of the most like compelling like side sort of creatures in this whole story for me yeah. is this person named Indrid Cold. Yes. The coolest S- name ever. Super cool. Super cool. Super creepy. My kid will be named Indrid Cold. Right. Indrid Cold. Just kidding, but that would, that would be cool. <sighs> Amazing. So. Yes. Tell us about Indrid Cold. There's this man. His name is Woodrow Derenberger. He was a salesman. He was like a door-to-door vacuum salesman mm. um, living in Point Pleasant at the time. Just this, you know, good old West Virginia dude. Yeah. You know, nothing remarkable. Didn't seem like he wanted any sort of like fanfare or anything. Right. He's driving along this, uh, you know, deserted road in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden this UFO comes down and like kind of buzzes his car, like flies close to it. Yeah. He described it as a flying kerosene lamp. Mm. So picture almost like a, like a cone with like a rounded bottom. Yeah. Um, almost like a top, I guess. Mm. Um, so it's flying along and it ends up landing in front of him and causing his car to stop. Mm -hmm. So it lands in front of him. The door opens of the flying saucer or the flying kerosene lamp. (laughs) Yeah, whatever it is. And a weird detail that he was very like, um, you know, insistent upon putting in there is that when the door opened, there was like a loud clunk, like it, like let like Weird. an old heavy car door, like creaking open and like clunking open. Whoa. So it's like, there's this weird, like you always think of UFOs as being these like really like, you know, fancy pieces of technology right. where it would just like glide Super open futuristic. by itself. But yeah. yeah, it's not very futuristic. It's almost like, you know, like antiquated, like this heavy door that clunks open. They don't have WD-40 in this other dimension or whatever. <laughs> no, they haven't gotten there yet. No, they haven't got there. They're fine. So... The door opens and out walks a man. A man. Unnaturally tall, mm-hmm. wearing a black suit. Yep. And just grinning. Ugh. Which is the super creepy part Why of it. Why the Described grinning? Described as grinning. Dude. Right. He was six feet tall, about 35 years old, olive complexion, dark brown hair, and he was wearing a dark, glossy, metallic mm. blue suit. Weird. Which... He would like he went into a lot of de- detail about it. It was almost like it was like a like like flexible metal mm. that the suit was made out of, or it had like pieces of metal integrated into the fabric, like That's almost so like bizarre. woven metal, so which is a super weird detail. Um, so this man walks up to Woody Derenberger, who's sitting in his car still. Woody, good old Woody. And he rolls his window down to talk to the guy, and like you do, as you would, when, like, yeah, yeah, like when a guy with a metal suit comes out of a kerosene. <laughs> heater or lamp or whatever flying ufo you're just like yo what can i do for you right yeah he rolls down his window to talk to him but that was unnecessary because the man then proceeded to communicate with woody telepathically yes he was speaking to woody without moving his lips it was just in his amazing amazing which is a common thing said with aliens in general really people talk about being abducted and that they were you know they're laying there and that they were being talked to by the the creatures or the aliens but they none of them were opening their mouths right and you don't need to talk right you can just think it and the being that you're talking to like understands what you're saying just knows right 
And I think Injured Cold actually said specifically three or four times, like, you can either, like, talk normally or mm. you can just think it and I know what you're saying. Yeah. So it's weird that he, like, like, like the Injured Cold repeated that to Woody. Like, right. dude, like, you don't need to talk if you don't want to. But, like, you can if you want to. You like, can. I, I understand yeah. that. Like, if you feel comfortable with that. Um, the whole time, Injured Cold has this fixed smile on his face. Dude, like, learn some social cues, man. Right? You're so futuristic. You don't know it's creepy to just smile at somebody for no reason. This might be his first experience with a human being. It you could be. You don't know. Um, and so he told the guy that his that was his name. So, yeah. So, the so Injured Cold communicates and says, you know, what is your name? Or what what are you called? Mm. Is what he says to Woody Derenberger. And Woody knows that he's asking what his name was. So, Woody says, my name's Woody Derenberger. Yeah. And Injured Cold says, I'm called Injured Cold. Or my name's Cold, and then like Injured Cold. Oh no! James Bond style. Why is that worse? Right. Um. So Woody says he was very frightened, um, and he was frightened that this was all happening in his head, like that there were yeah. no words being spoken, that like he was being communicated with telepathically. Yeah. Which like that's a very natural. Like I would be scared. Yeah. I've never communicated with somebody t- telepathically. No. If all of a sudden you're just some. You know, some vacuum cleaner salesman living in like the, you know, West Virginia, just living your life. And then all of a sudden you're being communicated to telepathically by a six foot tall grinning man wearing a shiny metallic blue suit. Yeah. That's like a very like zero to a hundred. Yeah. In like the space of, I don't know, 20 minutes. He's probably having like, he had a long day. Maybe didn't have like great sales that day. Right. He's going home just like this sucks. I'm going to go have a beer. And then all of a sudden injured cold comes out of this kerosene lamp and you're just like, all right, yeah, this, this is, is this is my life right now. This is normal. It's great. Um, Injured Cold asked what that was and he was pointing to a city that was kind of down the road that um, Woody was driving towards. Oh. And Woody told him the name of the city. Mm. So he was almost like trying to find where he was. It was almost like he just landed and was trying to figure out like, where am I? Who are you? What is this? Holy crap. And the conversation lasted for about 10 minutes. Wow. One of the creepiest little aspects of this conversation was that Cold said to Woody, we eat, we breathe, we sleep, we bleed even as you do. What the hell? Like, what is so, okay, there's a we there. Yeah, we. He's one of multiple people. Ugh. And if they, you know, they eat, sleep, breathe, that means that they're of this dimension or that they are, like, animals of some kind. Because unless you know, eating, sleeping, and breathing is something that is universal, that happens, you know, in all galaxies and all right. dimensions. I mean, who knows? Oh, my God. But, um, yeah, and Woody would then have a few more experiences with Injured Cold over the course of, um, you know, a couple years. Whoa. Um, he, there was a huge media storm. Um, representatives of, of the Air Force contacted him, um, he was in, he had a whole write-up in the newspaper. Holy crap. He had a really famous interview that he gave um, describing it, which you can look up and you can find video of, which is really interesting to hear him yeah. tell the story. Because you can just, it gives you a sense of who Woody Derenberger was. Because mm. I think my initial impression was that someone who came forward and like had this story might be like looking for attention or looking for some sort of like way to financially profit off this and like, you know, leverage the whole Mothman hysteria to like... Um, like, you know, make a name for themselves. Right. But you don't get that, get that impression from Woody Derenberger, at least at first. Mm. Over the course of his, like, interactions that he has with Injured Cold over the years, yeah. they get more and more fantastical. Yeah. And, like, 
uh, Indrid Cold talks about being from a galaxy called like Lanulos oh, and yeah. describes the like where he's from and it's all futuristic and yeah. it's kind of like bad sci-fi. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what it evolved into. And I get the impression maybe that this initial, I'm I'm only like sticking credibility to this initial interaction that he had with Indrid Cold because mm. it was sort of out of the blue for him and in his interview you can tell he's not trying to sensationalize it he's just trying to report it as it happened to him right um and i think the subsequent ones were just sort of where he started to take the story and run with it and like kind of that's when he started to figure out like oh i could like you know make a living off this i could write books i could be like a science fiction writer yep um so like now i know a guy right i know i know a guy (laughs) injured cold give me all kinds of details right so uh, John Keel, the author of the Mothman Prophecies, yeah. interviewed Woody Derenberger, um, as did Gray Barker, a UFO writer. Yeah. Um, and they all sort of had the same impression that Woody Derenberger was telling the truth, that this was an inauthentic experience that he had, mm. at least this initial interaction. Right. And it's interesting that this occurred at the same time as the Mothman flaps. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find a date here. So it was November 2nd, 1966. Oh, yeah. So that um, was even before the cemetery, guys. Yeah. That was 10 days before. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It was before that. So. So Indrid Cold predates yeah. the Mothman sightings. Predates. Yeah. Very, very closely. Interesting. Super interesting. You said 66, right? Yeah. Yeah. 10 days before. Holy shit, man. That's wild. So, yeah. Okay. We can't get into theories yet, but no. that... That's an interesting detail. I have some theories. For a potential theory. Yeah, so Injured Cold is super awesome and creepy. Yeah. He's a very good character in here because he's named. How often do you get, like, names of, right. like, a character in, a, like, a, like a, a, a cryptid or a, right. in, an alien of some kind? Yeah, or tells inter- you their own name. Being. Yeah, I Indrid think Cold. there were even a couple other potential uh, encounters with Injured Cold. Yes. Um, yeah, commonly known as the Grinning Man, mm-hmm. which is awful. Um, <laughs> he, it's said, supposedly, that he still visits West Virginia to this day. Oh, interesting. Which is awesome. Um, so he was even first seen, even before Woody, October 16th, 1966, like a couple weeks before, these two boys in New Jersey apparently oh, yes. saw him like they were out walking around. Right. I think he was wearing like maybe a blue-green metallic suit. Yep. Like it was like a specific detail of how weird it was yep. that it was like this shiny suit. Um, I don't remember exactly what they, what he said to them. I think it was very brief. Like, I think they saw him and were kind of creeped out and like yep. ran off. Right. Um, and then, yeah, the second sighting was Woody. And then the third sighting was in Point Pleasant. So he's kind of like getting closer. Right. Because Which... he was in New Jersey and then he's like 50 miles away with Woody. And then now he's in Point Pleasant for this third encounter. And this was, um, this family, the Lily family, they had been reporting poltergeist activity in their home. Right. They had been seeing weird things like these diamond shaped lights, oh, yes. hearing yeah. noises. Um, and their daughter, Linda, I guess was sleeping the one night and awoke to see a man standing over her. She said, quote, it was a man, a big man, very broad. I couldn't see his face very well, but I could see that he was grinning at me. Ugh. He walked around the bed and stood right over me. I screamed and hid under the covers. And when I looked again, he was gone. Fuck that. So, yeah. And apparently the Lily family <clears throat> didn't stay in their house for very long after that. Nor, um, nor between, yeah, like nope. there's weird stuff going on. And then this dude supposedly just stands over your daughter's bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how old she was exactly, but I mean, it was implied that she was a, a kid. Right. So. It's interesting because taken 
by itself that interaction could just be attributed to like sleep paralysis. Right. Because that is like a common sort of description of sleep paralysis. Waking up, seeing a dark, big, broad figure standing over you grinning is one of the types of sleep paralysis that people have. Yeah. But put into the context of being, was that in West Virginia? Yeah. Yeah. That was in Point Pleasant. So it's in Point Pleasant. Yeah. During the Mothman flap. Yep. And they were already having weird experiences, which again, a lot of people were with seeing flashing lights, seeing lights hovering around, particularly over the TNT plant. There were a lot of people that said they saw like red lights dancing around and people having a lot of weird, like electrical malfunctions all happening around the same time. Like with, um, Newell's TV showing those weird patterns and going out. That was the strangest part about that Mothman experience was that like, like the electrical interference. Yeah. So is that Mothman? Is that the UFOs? Right. What is it? Injured cold? Right. Who is doing this? Yeah. So injured cold was like making his way there. Right. So then he's there. So for anybody who's paying attention to our social media feed. Yes. Then we posted a photo yesterday. Yeah. Today. Of today. Today. Of, um, you know, a black and white photo of a man standing with, like, sunglasses on and a hat. Yeah. And supposedly that is a photo of Indrid Cold. Indrid Cold. When he went to visit, was it Mary Heyer? The, um, uh, yeah, I think so. One of the reporters who initially reported the Mothman stories and sort mm. of, like, broke the Mothman stories. Her name was Mary Heyer. And, um, you know, a strange man who may or may not have been Indrid Cold came to visit her. Yep. And that photo was snapped in some capacity, uh, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't very clear on who took that photo or how it was taken or right. why it was allowed to be taken. Yeah. The interesting part about that, that photo, though, is that he's not grinning. He's not grinning. And he looks like a pretty normal dude. I mean, he looks a little weird. Right. But. Definitely. Doesn't look unusual. I mean, if I saw that out of context, I wouldn't be like, whoa. Right. Obvious alien. Yeah, an alien. Like, but clearly he just came from What's the best disguise space. for an alien? Well, right. That's the thing that gets me about the suit. Being, like, made of this weird futuristic material, but right. being a suit is, right. like, the alien trying to, like, approximate right. what humans look like or what they expect you to look like mm-hmm. and not getting it quite right, right because they aren't human. Right. And I guess, I think we give ourselves too much credit thinking that aliens, like, watch us all the time or, like, care that much about us. Like, I right. think they're probably curious, yeah. but I don't think they're, like, obsessed with us. No. We're not really much it would be, be like with. the equivalent of, like, a human going into, like, the rainforest and, like, studying, like, creatures for, you know... Like, you know, you go for like a week or a month or whatever and you go in, document things, take some samples and then you leave. Exactly. And, you know, that that would be the equivalent of those animals in the Amazon thinking like, oh, these humans are just watching us every moment of every day. And they're like thinking about us all the time. Yeah. When really it's just little short little like dips into us. Yeah. And to like figure out, you know, scientific knowledge of some kind. Yeah. Who knows what they're doing? Right. Yeah. He tried. He was like humans wear suits right right and this is the only material i have is this weird metal like metallic metal this is gonna be fine everybody wears this yeah and then he got here and he was like shit i'm so overdressed (laughs) (laughs) nobody is wearing metallic suits here this is west virginia crap yeah he just went to the wrong place yeah he could have landed somewhere else and he would have been right well like maybe he wasn't at the wrong place maybe he was exactly where he needed to be he was exactly where he needed to be yeah he would have blended in somewhere else right maybe but yeah so she had some some odd she was the Point Pleasant correspondent for the Athens, Ohio newspaper, The Messenger. This is Mary Heyer. Mary, Mary Heyer. Not, not injured cold. Right. <laughs> Mary Heyer. So she wrote extensively about the sightings. She had a particularly active weekend, apparently. I don't remember. I don't think this. it said what weekend, but she had gotten over 500 phone calls over a, the course of one weekend of people seeing strange lights. It's wild. In the Point Pleasant area and, and nearby. That's 
500. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. So there's, there was something going on in Point Pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. She, she had a weird experience. So <clears throat> January 67. So the Mothman sightings in Point Pleasant started November 66. Right. So this was a few months later. She's working in her office in the county courthouse and a man walked in the door. And this is apparently injured cold. Right. It sounds like. Um, <laughs> yeah. He spoke in this very low halting voice. He asked for directions to Welsh, West Virginia. Right. Which, I don't know what's in Welsh. Which, Injured Cold was asking Woody Derenberger what that town is oh, that's true. up ahead. So, yeah. asking for directions, asking is, for directions is part of his MO. It's a common thing. She said that there was no real reason for it, but that he terrified her. Hmm. There was nothing, like, he didn't do anything threatening. He seemed a little odd, but there was just no reason for her to be scared. Right. And uh, this is a woman who, assuming, you know, a reporter is around a lot of people. Right. This isn't somebody who's like not used to human interaction. Right. She's just, for whatever reason, she said his his eyes were staring at me almost hypnotically. Um, they just had a weird encounter, but the funny part about it was at some point she had to answer a telephone call right. while he was in there. And she said while she was on the call, he picked up a pen from her desk and looked at it in amazement, quote, as if he had never seen a pen before. And then he just grabbed it and loudly laughed and then ran out of the building. So what is that? What is that? What is that? Is that maybe not related, but I'd like to think it's related. Right. And this wasn't the first time that she saw her. She saw or saw him. She saw him again a few weeks later. She was crossing the street near her office and saw the same guy. He's apparently very, you know, recognizable. I mean, she was terrified by him. Right. She saw him again. He was committed to memory. Right. Um, She said he appeared to be startled when he realized that she was watching him. And he turned away quickly and then ran for a large black car that suddenly came around the corner. He climbed in it and it drove away. Interesting. Like, and it's interesting that he's bizarre. using a vehicle. A vehicle. Like a car, like a human car. Yeah. And somebody else was driving. Right. So is injured cold maybe related to the men in black? Right. Which we'll talk about in a minute. Right. We're, we're, we're almost gonna there. Get, we're going to, we're going to dive into the men in black here. We're going to dive into that. So yeah, there, that was, I think her only encounters with him, but more than once. Injured Cold is the only, like, named character in the Mothman saga. Yeah. Um, other than Mothman. Other than which Mothman. isn't necessarily his own name, because he didn't name himself. We named right. him yeah, Mothman. He, he never said, yo. But Injured Cold named himself, which is a which weird is distinction to have. Super weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, Injured Cold is sort of the last major player or event that occurred before the collapse of the silver bridge yes which is arguably like the climax of the whole mothman story right what it, what it, it's all building up to and then sort of ramps down from yeah because all these sightings happened which as far as the reports go there's at least a hundred people um that came forward in some manner whether they told somebody that they knew told the police, told a reporter, um, with even more that were apparently afraid to report their sightings, which I think is another key thing too, is that there are people who supposedly saw him experience something bizarre and never didn't want to tell anybody because they didn't want that attention. They didn't want to be, I mean, a lot of people in a lot of different areas that have these sightings like this are mocked and ridiculed and they have their credibility questioned. Like they don't want to come forward. Right. This is like um, a small town in West Virginia. Like, yeah. This isn't like in the sixties. Yeah. In the sixties, like 
everything was very conservative. Like yeah. civil rights act had just been passed. Like, right. This is a very like wild time in West Virginia to be coming forward and saying that you saw a seven foot tall moth yeah. man who was flying around and terrorizing things. Yeah. Or a UFO or yeah, a UFO a man in black or anything. man came out and like, yeah. smiled at you. Like yeah. it's weird. Yeah. Like telling people like, that you saw a group of men in suits that told you not to talk about what you saw. Like that isn't a thing that was like smiled upon. Right. Maybe it was grinned upon. Grinned upon. Yes. But that was not, yeah. So there were a lot of people. So basically it, November 66 to December 67, December 15th, 10 days before Christmas. Yep. The 700 foot bridge linking Point Pleasant to Ohio, the silver bridge. Yep. Collapsed. Yes, it did. During rush hour traffic. Ugh. Dozens of vehicles plunged in the Ohio River and 46 people were killed. Yep. That was one of the gripes I had with the movie is that they made it like 100 people died. Right. It's just like, why? Right. It was already a lot. It's still, it's the most loss of life from a bridge collapse in American history. Really? Yep. Holy shit. Right. Or Did, maybe it was at the time. Damn. But it definitely was and maybe still is. Jesus. The worst loss of life from yeah. a bridge collapse. Like, don't exaggerate that. Right. That's a lot of people. Right. So, yeah, two of those people were never found. Right. And the other 44, interesting fact, yeah. are buried together in the town cemetery of Gallipolis? Gallipolis? Oh, Gallipolis. Gallipolis yeah. in Ohio, uh, about five miles southwest. So, yeah. And on the same night, um, this family that lived near the TNT plant at the time counted more than 12 eerie lights that flashed above their home and vanished into the forest. Interesting. So many of the people weird. who died as well were relatives of people who reported sightings of the Mothman. No way. Yeah. I did not know that fact. Many of them. Holy shit. And another interesting thing yeah. that we talked about, didn't talk about, need to talk about, is the fact that there were a lot of people in the town, both that had sightings and people that didn't, that yes. had um, these dream premonitions yes. of the bridge collapsing, mm-hmm. um, had dreams that they couldn't explain, these nightmares right. of them being submerged in water yep. or seeing people submerged in water. It was all very hazy, but just they knew that there was something in the water and that they saw these colorful things floating in the water, which is really creepy because people were Christmas shopping. Right. And it was said that there were like wrapped Christmas packages floating in the water right. after the collapse, which is awful. So sort of like one of the main themes of the Mothman sightings is the idea of Mothman being a a harbinger of death. Yes. That he either caused or knew about the impending collapse of the Silver Bridge. Yeah. And was trying to warn people that this bridge was going to collapse. Or if you think that he made it collapse himself, that he was taking credit for the collapse of the bridge. Right. So Linda Scarberry, yeah. who was... Uh, one of the initial experiencers of the Mothman who was in the car that was being chased going 100 miles an hour. Yep. So she was the one who saw Mothman supposedly hundreds of times in the course of her life. Jesus. Um, she had a quote. Um, she said, it seems like it doesn't want to hurt you. It just wants to communicate with you. Describing her interactions with Mothman. Interesting. And that's sort of a, a common theme that he's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to like, you know, like he's looking at you and there's something about like his his red eyes where he's trying to communicate some something that's going to happen yeah people described him as very like sad almost or being like a very like emotionally intelligent creature yeah which is a really like weird thing to talk about a cryptid like i can't think of another cryptid that was described as being emotional or even trying to communicate in any way they're always usually just like monsters yeah but there's this weird aspect of mothman of you know trying to warn people the the premonitions that people were having was that mothman 
yeah. communicating telepathically, like how Injured Cold did with Woody Derenberger. Right. Was he like communicating these images that he saw yeah. to people who were relatives of the ones who would then die in the Silver Bridge yeah. to try to warn them that this was going to happen and he just couldn't Right, couldn't just couldn't it. get it out there. Right. Because they were getting these like fragmented images. Right. But they, I mean, who would who would see that and be like, oh, I bet the bridge is going to collapse. It's, like the like, cl- it's a classic like um, yeah. uh, that Greek mythological person who was cursed with like the ability to see the future, but every time she described the events of the future, like nobody would believe her. Yeah. Sorry, my dog is under the table right now dreaming and making some, I don't know if you can hear it on the recording, but Uh-oh. yes. But yeah. It's cute. It's yeah. Cute. Super cute. She's yeah. adorable. She's super relaxed right now. But yeah, he was trying hard. He was trying, but nobody would believe him or nobody no. could believe him. Right. Which leads into one of the most famous photos of the yes. Mothman. Yes. Clinging onto the side of the Silver Bridge. Yes. Was it the day it collapsed or in the days leading up to the collapse? It was very, I remember it being very close. Right. It was definitely, yeah, like within a week, I would say. It's this kind of grainy black and white photo. As as they are. Of course, every cryptid. Um, They're just blurry animals. Yeah. Um, That's just what they are. So it's it's the bridge. It's just like a classic kind of like... um, I don't know how you would describe that bridge, but just like a classic bridge with classic these bridge. like vertical <clears throat> beams, um, like going up and over the, um, the actual road of the bridge and he's kind of clinging to the side and you can mm. see it's almost like, I would almost, I would have described him as like a Batman, yeah. not a Mothman. Like right. he looks like, he looks very Bat-like yeah. in the way that he's like clinging onto the side of this. Yeah. And from what I can tell, nobody's ever been able to like fully debunk this photo. Right. It's never just been like, oh, that's clearly a hoax or anything. Like I, I get the impression that whatever is on or whatever's in the photo was actually there in real life and was yeah. photographed. So whether or not that's actually Mothman yeah. or somebody who created a Mothman costume and clung right. to the side of a bridge, it just seems like a very elaborate hoax. Yeah. Especially given the fact that like they would have to know that the bridge was going to collapse and how significant the photo was going to be right. afterwards. Yeah, exactly. So it just seems like a weird thing because the Silver Bridge doesn't really factor into the Mothman story at all until no. the collapse. Yeah. He wasn't even necessarily, like, sighted around the bridge a lot. Like, that wasn't a thing that people said. Like, he was by the TNT site. Right. If anything, if he had a place he hung out. Right. But not the bridge. It wasn't like he was flying around there and he was, like, focused on it. It was just seemingly random. So why would somebody, like, hoax this photo of the Mothman on the side of the Silver Bridge? It would just be super random. Right. Unless it's a huge coincidence. It's a huge coincidence. I guess it's possible, but not probable. It's all unknowable. Yeah, it's all unknowable. Shit. Yeah, and that... So the the fun part to me, so going into the, like the harbinger of death, the harbinger of disaster, um, Point Pleasant may be the most kind of well-known place that he has hung out and kind of been there before a big disaster. But there's many other times in history that supposedly the Mothman or a Mothman-like creature has right. popped up. And let me tell you about some of them. Right. Um, so actually one of the first ones was um, in 78, the f- miners in Freiburg, Germany. Yep. Which you know about this one. Yes. This, so this was one of the sort of events where Mothman was spotted that I feel like it's very credible and mm. it's not connected to any sort of like like mass hysteria or somebody hearing the story of Mothman and just like creating a story that like piggybacks on his fame. Yeah. This seemed like a very authentic sort of standalone encounter mm. that... 
features a Mothman-like creature doing Mothman-like things, yeah. but so very far away from um, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, that it would be a huge coincidence or it would just be a very like strange thing for somebody to have read about this like weird happenings in right. the United States and then someone in Germany makes up this story. Yeah, because this was, yeah, like 10-ish years later. Right. Before, you know, the Mothman Prophecy movie, when this was still right. a very niche thing that I'm sure some people knew about, but how yeah. how far could that story really travel? Right, like, yeah, could that have really gotten to Germany, right. per se? Back before the age of the internet as well. Right. So, you know. Yeah, nowadays we know about weird shit that happens everywhere, yeah, but not, not really back then in the same way. Right. So. So, okay. So, September 10th, 1978, at a mine in Freiburg, Germany. Uh, there was a group of 21 miners who arrived to the mine in the morning to go mm. to work. So, you know, like classic mine entrance, like a like a hole in a, the side of a you know rock face, um, with like like the wooden support beams holding up the the rock above it. Yeah, they're gonna go you know enter the mine. These 21 dudes, but standing in front of the mine, like in front of the the door blocking it, is a dark figure with wings on its back, blocking the door. Yeah, and as they approached it. It unfurls its wings and blocks the door. Jesus. So they decide, like, fuck that. I'm not going near that. And yeah. what, what's super weird about this is, like, they all seem very casual about it. Yeah. Like, like, oh, this, like, weird winged creature is blocking the entrance to the mine. Yeah. They decide, like, we're just going to, like, hang out here and just, like, do work outside of the mine until this thing decides to leave. Yeah. Wait like, for him to fly away. And he just stood there. Like, it doesn't say how long they were there, but, like, he was there for, like, a, a, a long time. Yeah. And... Whenever they would try to approach it, it let out a sound, and this is a quote, a sound like 50 people screaming. Oh, my God. Or a train in peril trying to break at the sight of a twisted rail. Oh, God. 50 people screaming. That is, that is the such worst an thing I've ever heard. description of a, of a noise. That's the worst description of his screech that I've ever heard. Right. So you have Mothman here. Oh, my God. Who's standing in front of this mine, blocking it, yeah. shrieking at people to, like, shrieking. get them to, like stand back and stay away oh my god um so yeah so, so so the miners are like oh whatever that's weird that's weird and they just hang out outside just another day at the mine um so pretty soon after the they had this experience and they're you know doing their thing and mothman's just hanging out outside yeah. they hear a rumbling and there was a huge uh collapse inside the mine yeah that would have killed all 21 of the miners had mothman not been standing outside yeah blocking the entrance so he helped. So he helped. He's a so that's hell? why the question of whether or not Mothman is a harbinger of death who's just trying to warn people about yeah. impending disaster or whether or not he causes it, I come down on the side of him trying to warn people. Yeah. Like he's trying to help us. Yeah. If you go back to Linda Scarberry's quote, she's trying Mothman is trying to communicate with us. Yeah. He's not trying to like cause this harm, otherwise he could just do it and sort of hide. He wouldn't right. need to like come out and like scare us. Yeah. It makes sense that he's trying to help us. He's trying to communicate. He has this, like, emotional intelligence and understands humans or wants to yeah. help humans. And yeah, that was the one interaction that I had read about that I was like, oh, he's not really right. causing these things. I mean, he didn't do anything in that mine. Right. No, he and he but, prevented 21 people from yeah, dying. because he wouldn't have stopped them from going in. So, yeah, that does, I mean, every other instance of him showing up places, he's not preventing anything or helping anybody per se, but he's just there. Right. Which is... Yeah, there was a, a region in southeastern China that had uh, sightings of a figure that resembled the Mothman in 1926. 
going way, way back. Way, way before any sort of Mothman hysteria. Yeah. Like, yeah, 60 years before he showed up in Point Pleasant, um, locals called him the Mandragon. Mandragon. Apparently. And he um, was hovering above this dam. And that's just where they would see him was around this. I don't know how to say the name, but it's a dam in southeastern China. There you go. Um, and then the dam collapsed. Uh, 40 billion gallons of water flooded the surrounding farming villages. 15,000 people died. Jesus. Yeah. That's wild. Easily the biggest, the biggest like disaster as far as just number of lives taken immediately that he was present for. Um, yeah. And then he had Point Pleasant. He had the Freiburg thing. Um, it's said that around 1985, there were scientists and workers at Chernobyl that supposedly saw a huge black bird-like creature. Um, they nicknamed him the Blackbird of Chernobyl. Blackbird of Chernobyl. There's actually a whole tradition in Russia of seeing winged men flying around. Really? It's like a relatively common, like, cryptid that people see a lot. Or like a, a weird, like borderline religious sort of idea of like seeing like a you know like a, a spirit or whatever this Weird. this winged man flying around russia <laughs> like an angel like an angel Shit. like a headless angel a headless angel with giant red eyes why why no head right yeah no he apparently oh and people who saw the red-eyed beast around this time of chernobyl reported a series of strange harassing phone calls and nightmares leading up to the explosion right and then boom april 26 86 uh, several people saw the, quote, huge blackbird flying around the smoke after the explosion. Yeah. So he was just hanging out. Um, even people in uh, Pripyat had claimed to see the the creature. Um, supposedly, people, like, leading up to the terrorist attacks in September on September 11th, um, a black-winged creature, black-winged creature, um, during the attack, as the second plane hit, eyewitnesses reported a creature flying parallel to the plane. That's wild. Which is awful. Um, and then famous photo. Yeah. That, yeah. That photo, look up that photo, nine 11 Mothman photo. Yep. It's horrifying. Um, and yeah, these people also were warned by men in black to stop talking about what they saw. Right. Um, in 2006, this is one of my favorites. Um, lacrosse, Wisconsin, a Cherokee man and his son were driving down this isolated stretch of road and Mothman apparently like got real physical with their car. Um, they said that he flew alongside it and then directly in front of it, close enough to touch it. And apparently they, as a result, got a really good look at him. Um, one of my favorite descriptions of him, that he was bat-like and fleshy, hmm. which is gross, and Weird. with sparse hair and red eyes the size of road reflectors, right. they said. Um, but most interestingly, the father described the monster's high-pitched screech that he said it gave them vertigo and made them sick to their stomachs to the point where they had to he had to pull over so his son could vomit on the side of the road. Jesus. Because of this noise. The, like <clears throat> the sound of 50 people screaming. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, a year later, he was apparently spotted around another bridge collapse in Minneapolis, um, which weirdly enough, this bridge was opened for traffic the same year that the Silver Bridge collapsed. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So this was, yeah, 2007. It's a weird parallel. Yeah. So just odd that they started seeing sightings of him in june late june and then about a month later um that bridge collapsed and 13 people died Hmm. um yeah there were apparently sightings in mexico in 2009 um there were sightings in 2011 in japan an american visiting japan him and his uh friend had seen a creature similar to the mothman around the fukushima plant oh wow Um, and then it wasn't until he got home 
that he found out what had happened. Um, and then now you can Google, there have been apparently about 55 sightings in Chicago right. last year. Right. 2017, Google Mothman sighting Chicago. Right. There's somebody made a whole website. Um, Lon Strickler made a website where people were able to report their sightings and describe right. them. And I have read quite a few and there are some that are really terrifying. Right. Um, so yeah, this is not limited to Point Pleasant in any sense. Point Pleasant is just kind of like the most famous and sort of the most <clears throat> dense, I yeah. would say, and also has an associated tragedy that just makes it a, a good sort of like anchor point in the Mothman saga. Yeah. Which spans like, you know, hundreds of years if you really go back into it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's tons. I mean, really, that's just those are just the most known examples, but there's all kinds of areas of the world that have reported something similar to the Mothman. They all have different names and some slightly varying descriptions, but all the same idea. Right. Which is, yeah, freaky to think about. Very freaky. So, all right. So what are some of the theories? So some theories. Of Mothman. Oh, man. <laughs> what well, is Mothman? What is Mothman? So, alien. There's uh, that's always a possibility because, yep. you know, the UFO sightings in yep. the area. Um, he could be some sort of alien creature, which I don't think that an alien is really the most accurate because he has wings. Right. Um, he seemed, you know, if, if we believe that he ate that dog, right. then he doesn't, he just seems too like earthly to yeah. be an alien per se. Right. Um, he could just be a straight up cryptid. Yeah. Um, either some unknown species of animal that we have yet to, you know, that is yet to be known to science. Yep. Or a mutated version of an already existing animal. Yes. Which that's where... the TNT site. Right. So the the TNT TNT site, well, I'll just get into this for a second. Yeah. So you have the TNT site, which is leaching some kind of weird, dangerous chemicals into a wildlife preserve that is known for its birds. Yeah. So one of the theories of what Mothman is, or what people have seen that they have attributed to Mothman, mm. is that he is a sandhill crane, yep. which is a very tall um, you know, type of bird with red markings around the eyes yep. that could potentially, if you shined a light at it, could potentially be glowing at night. Right. Um, it's not native to West Virginia, but it flies over West Virginia on mm. its migration route, yep. so it would make sense that people wouldn't be used to seeing it. And would then misidentify what it was because it's an animal that's not a part of the ecosystem. Right. Um, it that theory, I think, might be one of the most likely like rational theories. You know, yeah. Maybe it's either it's not necessarily a regular sandhill crane. It could be like a mutated version right. that landed in the TNT area and was, you know, or grew up in the TNT area that had some kind of weird genetic. Mutations that made that its legs bird. extra thick or Spent something. Spent childhood in the TNT area. <laughs> Awful. Just mutating. Because if you, if, if you look at a sandhill crane, there's not... Like, like specifically, Linda Scriber described it as having, like, really muscular legs. Right. And it, obviously a crane has these, like, like tiny little stick legs. Yeah. Like, it's not... Maybe, like, the wingspan and, like, the general height of it could yeah. be an approximation. Because if you're looking up into the sky, you don't have reference points. So you might yeah. think it's bigger than it really is. But the legs would be very obviously like these skinny little stick legs, not like yeah. thick human muscular legs. Right. That's so, what gets me is that there's like, I don't know, a lot of the encounters with Mothman have been like on the ground. Right. And I feel like you would, I don't know. You have reference points to where you could actually judge the size. Yeah. Relatively like accurately. Yeah. Unless, I mean, if you think about 
a sandhill crane, they spend a lot of their time in like in standing water. Yeah. So if you know, you said that the TNT area was leaching chemicals into the ponds. Right. So if it's waiting in a pond that's contaminated, then its legs would be the most affected. So maybe the legs like have tumors on them and they're right. like all like inflamed or something that make them look like oh, I didn't even think thicker legs. Yeah. So I think if I were to just be a complete skeptic and like rationalist, yeah. I would say that Mothman sightings are probably some sort of crane or like yeah. a, a, an owl or something right. that people are just misidentifying. Yeah. Which is yeah. kind of like you have not to pick something fun theory. Rational. I would I would probably assume not, that would be like the rational all. theory. Not fun at all. No. Not my theory, but one of the craziest ones I heard was that it was a man with some type of like very futuristic, like potentially, you know, experimenting with like crazy government top secret uh, technology, hmm. but that it's a just a man uh, with a like a jetpack on. Well, then which where is the, where the wings? Come which from? is insane. I know. I know. People were just like, oh, well, that's how it went so fast. He's got a jetpack on so he can go 100 miles an hour. It's like, no, this doesn't know what like the eyes glowing. People were saying like that's his night vision goggles that he's wearing, Uh. which I mean, that was the only part that I was like, okay, sure. But I'm like, no, there's no, No, that that leaves too much up to because that was that was also like how he can just ascend from the ground and just go up into the air like a helicopter. And the sound that um, that guy with his dog heard like it sounded like a generator winding up. Right. Yeah, that's like the jetpack powering up or whatever. Hmm. I don't know, but that's yeah, that's and that's kind of like goes along with the whole idea that like UFOs aren't really alien, but that it's just government technology that's under wraps. Right. Um, that it is potentially using UFO technology, but who knows? But it's just stuff that they right that isn't known to us regular people. Right. But, but just the like, government's been using and for like years. why the hell is this dude just fly like why Point Pleasant like what's he doing right what's he doing like why right that's the thing is like what's the motive there yeah like who benefits? and then that doesn't explain it that that same thing being spotted in all these other places like if it was right. just Point Pleasant for a right. year this was weird like maybe it was just some like I don't somewhat some dude just dicking around right like he works for the government he was like sweet he I'm taking this home and people were looking for him yeah people were like what the hell that's the Men in Black is they're like where is this fucking guy right. you need to fire his ass. <laughs> He's not even just going to get fired. That dude's yeah. not existing yep. anymore. D- dissolved in a vat of acid. Somewhere. But yeah, that only made sense if it was, this is like a one-off right. weird thing. And Which it doesn't, not. doesn't explain the bridge no. because the bridge is significant. I think if that had just happened in the midst of everything else and then like they still had sightings, right. that could just be chalked up as like a weird thing. Right. But the premonition dreams right. and then the fact that like basically the bridge collapsed and then like nobody really saw Mothman right. again. The sightings of Mothman dropped off almost completely after yeah. that. At least in Point Pleasant. But like right. that was like it. Right. They were yeah, there's those, those places here and there where it started to pop, like like there's little flaps here and there, but yeah, not like it's not like a continuous timeline, right? So that was that's why the bridge collapsing is so significant. So yeah, those are some of the theories. Yeah. My okay, so I have so my yeah you I I don't have any theories for the record. I have I, a grand. This I is like a, a grand theory that incorporates everything that I know about it Jesus. that isn't necessarily logical yeah. or like you know rational in any way, shape, or form. But this is sort of the narrative that I created in my head that I think makes the most sense. Okay. So. I'm ready for this. You have our dimension or our plane of existence Mm. that we live in. Either parallel to, adjacent to, in proximity to our plane of existence or our universe is another dimension, plane of existence, universe. Okay. So ours exists side by side with another. So we're A, this is universe B. Yeah. So. 
in universe B, you have Mothman, which is maybe representative of the sort of like the life that lives there or, you know, who knows? We have no yeah. ability to know what's going on in that other universe. And so a place like Point Pleasant or, um, you know, they're, they're, they talk about certain thin places. Mm. I think it's used more in like the paranormal community where you talk about a place where like the spirit dimension and like our living dimension are like, like the space between them is like the thinnest. Yeah. So what if Point Pleasant, West Virginia is a thin place right. between our universe and the adjacent universe? Yeah. And so Mothman either intentionally leaves that universe, universe B, yeah. to enter our universe, universe A, and intentionally comes in or accidentally crosses f- through some portal and comes into our universe yeah. and finds himself here and has an experience of space and time that is not like ours. Mm-hmm. So I, I imagine it like if you're standing on a road, you can see a little distance in the future ahead of you, or you can look backwards and see a little distance behind you. So maybe Mothman has the ability to see the future and see like what is coming in the timeline and yeah. sees the silver bridge collapse yeah. and being an empathetic creature wants to warn people that this impending disaster is going to happen and kill all these people. So he's flying around doing his thing, trying to warn people, trying yeah. to figure out, you know, like how can I like prevent this tragedy from happening? Cause that seems to be his MO throughout time is that he's trying to warn people about impending disasters. Yeah. Concurrent. So Mothman escapes. Then you have the, law and order of universe B that then has to come and collect Mothman. Yeah. So this could be a sort of like men in black situation, like in the movies where you have like a government organization, not a universe, a government organization, but universe B government organization that has to come and collect Mothman and bring him back to his respective universe. Right. And by movie, you mean men in black. Yes. Yes. The actual movie. With Will Smith. Men in black with Will Smith. Yes. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Awesome movie. An awesome, awesome cinematic achievement. If you haven't seen it, do it see it now it's older i mean not old but you know we watched it a lot as a kid it's early 2000s yeah it's it's very much age but yeah it's very much that genre but you know yeah it's perfect it's fun it's enjoyable it's an awesome movie yeah and it has will smith right will smith is the best okay continue with your theory (laughs) Um, so these men in black have to come and collect mothman yeah so they come into our universe and that was the UFO sightings where yeah. they're, you know, sort of hovering low over the ground with a spotlight yeah. searching for Mothman. Yeah. You have Indrid Cold, yeah. who is arguably like the caseworker for the Mothman yes. case, who's yes. coming looking for Mothman, trying to find him. Yeah. Which is why if you track where he is at each time, he's getting closer and closer to Point Pleasant. Yeah. Why he lands and talks to Woody Derenberger and was like, hey, what's that town ahead of you? Yeah. Woody's like, oh, it's like Parkersville, Ohio. And he's like, shit, like, I'm still not in Point Pleasant. Yeah leaves and goes somewhere else and then you have injured cold then figures out by interviewing people because we haven't really got into it but you know the men in black occur at many places in point pleasant yeah showing up to witnesses trying to sort of intimidate them into not talking about it anymore right interviewing them trying to figure stuff out yeah so they figure out that Mothman is trying to warn these people about something because maybe that's part of his sort of like, like what he does or what he like needs to do is yeah. warn people because he's empathetic. So they figure out, oh, there's going to be an impending disaster. Figure out, oh, this bridge is going to collapse because they either have the ability to look forward in the future or, you know, whatever. Their experience of time is different than ours. And they go and they figure out, okay, Mothman's going to be at this place at this time because that's when the bridge collapses and they know where to collect him. Right. So then Mothman shows up trying to prevent people from dying in the bridge collapse. Yeah. Injured cold and or the sort of like, you know, universe B men in black 
collect Mothman. Yep. And that's why the sightings drop off completely after the Silver Bridge collapse. Right. Which makes sense. I mean, that's like the common thing with like like different universes and all that stuff is like, don't interfere. It's possible that these people collecting him know like you can't stop this thing from happening. Like this is what's on their timeline. This is supposed to happen for whatever reason, but like you can't fuck with it. Right. So get the hell back. And so maybe throughout history, Mothman just continuously sort of escapes his yeah. universe into our universe and tries to warn people and they just continue to come and collect him. And yeah. They just happen to do a pretty like, you know, bumbling job that one yeah. time in the 1960s. They got complacent. I mean, whatever. It's not really that hard to think that government everywhere is kind of. Yeah. Or maybe that was greatest. just the first time that Mothman sort of came into our universe at a time when there was mass communication, mm. phones, um, newspapers, yeah. technology was able to spread information faster. You know, if you go to collect Mothman in the 1500s, right. you, you know, you see like six people and it's not like they're going to go be able to tell anybody. So those yeah. stories just die with the people who experienced it. Yeah. So Mothman happening in Point Pleasant in the 1960s was able to be documented and became such a big event that they since then have, you know, sort of streamlined their whole process and now they're yeah. better at, you know, collecting Mothman. Until 2017. Until 2017. We still don't know. I mean, I, I remember telling you about those Chicago things and we were both like, holy shit, Something's gonna Chicago, happen. like Mothman, yep. this is crazy. And then we're still waiting. Well, one could argue that Mm-mm. the you know, like, huge amount of like violence that happens in Chicago on a yearly basis is True. just a continuous tragedy that mothman is trying to prevent yeah Maybe he's flying around from sort of murder to murder trying to be like no wait no yeah, stop oh, shit oh, so wait, mothman's wait, just murder. a good guy yeah he's a great guy mothman is a weirdly like moral cryptid yeah that seems to have like a high amount of emotional intelligence yeah and like willingness to help humans yeah in any way that he can which is so nice of him yeah yeah he mm. hasn't quite succeeded yet but no he's trying really hard we love well, him for it so that's that's Mothman. That's Mothman. I mean, there's more to him. Oh, yeah. We, we, I mean, we could talk for days. We could have talked for, yeah, this whole day. Right. But that's that's the gist. Yeah. Yeah. So this is unknowable. This is this unknowable. Is, this is what it's going to be. Yeah. Us talking about weird shit. Right. Weird shit. It's going to be awesome. And, you know, not going sort of too deep into it because we don't want to bore you with the details. If yeah. you want to know more about Mothman... Go yeah. Google it. Google it. Do There's what we did. So much info about him. So much info. So many more like weird descriptions of him. Go yep. definitely check out the Chicago sightings. Yes. Google some photos. Google too. yeah. Google some photos. The Chicago sightings are kind of cool because the website has a like a interactive map type yeah. of thing, so you can see where he was spotted, yeah. what people said about him. Um, but yeah, go look him up. He's go cool. look him up. Start searching for cryptids. Yeah. Get into this world with us. Dive in. We're gonna tell you about stuff. So yeah. Yeah, so this, we don't know what's coming next nope. for a topic, but we'll let you all know. Yeah. If you have anything that you want us to talk about, let any favorite mysteries, particularly any local yes. mysteries in Maine or New England, yep. let us know. If there's anything like super cool that happened in your town, Yep. let us know. Right. Um, we want to know about it. We want to hear about it. We want to talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Message us on Instagram. Yep. You can email us at unknowablepodcast at yahoo.com. Yep. Follow us on Facebook, Unknowable Podcast. Um, we've got a Twitter, at Unknowable Podcast. We will soon have a website. Yep. Probably just unknowablepodcast.com. Probably. So just bookmark it now. Hopefully. Hopefully, in the next few days. Right. Um, but, yeah. So we want to thank some people. Yep. Particularly, mostly my husband, Nate. 
Nate Johnson. <clears throat> Nate Johnson got our whole room set up. Yep. He's helping us with all this sound stuff because we yep. have no idea what we're doing. Right. He edited this episode. Yep. So. Literally, this podcast would not exist. Yeah. In the way that it does without Nate Johnson. Not at all. So, thank mm. you. Thank you, Nate. Thank you to everyone in my life, or our lives, that supports us liking weird shit. Yes. Thank you, Abby White, for putting up with me talking about Mothman and ranting about various cryptozoology and paranormal-related things on a daily basis. Thank you for putting up with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Abby's awesome. Thank you uh, to Christine Terrell for birthing. For birthing us, us, yes. And instilling us with curiosity and instilling us with the drive to find out more that there is in this world. Yeah. And uh, thank you to all these other weirdos on the internet that keep all this stuff documented and have cool websites that we can look up. Right. Because there's a lot of them. Yep. And... Too many to name. Yeah. I think that's it. Right. All right. Damn. Episode zero. Mothman. Episode zero. Done. Mothman. In the can. Yes. Let us know what you think. Share this with your friends. Tell people about us. Uh, Yeah. Do all the things. All the things. All the things. All right, this is it. All right. I'm Justine. I'm Gray. This is Unknowable.